0: Hello, and welcome to the Full Circle Podcast, your source for insights into the science and art of endurance sports training and racing. I'm your host, Coach Laura Henry. Today is Coach Tip Tuesday. If answering honestly, when asked what they fear most, endurance athletes will say failure. In the world of endurance sports, failure is often synonymous with quitting, And studies have shown that losing or failing feels twice as bad to us as winning feels good to us. In American culture, both failure and quitting have extremely negative connotations. That being said, after so much time in endurance sports and working with so many endurance athletes, I've seen that failure and quitting are both necessary for breakthrough performances and high levels of achievement. Jedi Master Yoda, the source of most wisdom in the far, far away galaxy of Star Wars, and honestly, a pretty darn good source of wisdom in our galaxy as well, said it best. Pass on what you have learned. Strength, mastery, hmm, but weakness, folly, failure also, yes, failure most of all. The greatest teacher failure is. In the mountaineering world, failure is not only embraced as part of the sport, but it is planned for. Mountaineers come up with what is known as kill criteria. These are the criteria that outline under what circumstances the decision to quit must be made. In advance of when any decision will need to be made, kill criteria establishes which signals that people might see in the future that signal that they need to quit or change course. In essence, they're establishing a firm unless, quote unquote, that will be in play during their attempt to accomplish their task or goal. So for instance, I will continue towards my goal unless, insert kill criteria here. In the mountaineering world, a very clear example of this is when mountaineers seek to summit Mount Everest. If they do not reach the summit by 2 p.m. local time, they must turn around no matter how achingly close they are to the summit itself. This turnaround time kill criteria ensures that the mountaineers have enough time to safely descend to camp. In other words, it ensures that they will live to climb another day. This is actually more important than summiting, no matter how glorious getting to the summit may look or feel. As Annie Duke outlines in her book, Quit, The Power of Knowing When to Walk Away, Kill criteria are extremely important because it is very, very difficult for people to quit when things are sunny, and it's hard to choose quitting when there is still a chance of success. Quitting on time feels like quitting too early. People will generally only quit when it's no longer a choice, aka when it is the final and only option. What if is a siren song that has beckoned people to injury and extreme cases, death, over the years in endurance sports. Developing kill criteria in advance gives valuable perspective and guidance for those moments when we can be blinded by encountering the question, what if? Alongside that, Tunnel vision is something that endurance athletes should be aware of. It is very common for endurance athletes to get so narrowly focused on a specific goal or outcome that they end up overlooking other opportunities and priorities that may exist. It's important to keep in mind, folks, that the thing that you set out to do may not be the only thing of value, and you may not actually learn what else is of value until you're already in route or on course to the original goal. So it's important to avoid tunnel vision to keep your perspective broad. This combination of what if and tunnel vision has led so many athletes to continue in workouts and races when it wasn't actually prudent to do so. Very unfortunately for us. Our culture celebrates people who make these unwise choices as being tough and strong. And this only perpetuates how commonly this happens when athletes continue in workouts and races when it's not actually wise to do so. Good kill criteria combines two things, a state and a date. A state is an objective, measurable condition of where you are at. A date is the timing component, a.k.a. when you would quit if the state that you've established exists. Examples of kill criteria for endurance athletes could include but are not limited to experiencing pain that is causing changes in mechanics and or form during a workout or race, experiencing pain that exceeds a certain level, such as above a six on a scale of one to 10 during a workout or race, being told by medical tent staff that you're at your physical limitations in a race, or moving forward at a pace that is slower than cutoff pacing or timing of the particular race. Good kill criteria are established by working backward from the intended outcome, such as finishing a race or getting a specific finish time, and determining what would potentially lead to the failure of that goal. In an example where an athlete is seeking a specific finish time, they may decide that they will quit the race if they find that they are a certain amount off their targeted goal pace. So for instance, if you needed to maintain a 730 mile to qualify for the Boston Marathon and realize you're running at about an average of an eight by mile 16, you're likely not going to be able to recover enough speed to be able to hit the goal. That might be an example of kill criteria. If I am X amount off goal pace by a certain mileage or a certain point in the event, I might decide to quit. Why this can be valuable is it can allow in certain situations an athlete to seek their targeted outcome at a different event. So if an athlete doesn't expend everything, their peak fitness and their energy at the goal event that they're at, so for instance, if they don't finish and they therefore have some energy still left in the tank, they could conceivably within a short window of time, within a few weeks, find another event and potentially target that goal again at the event. This assumes, of course, that the athlete actually has the ability to execute the target pace or the target goal. This is not to be deployed when your abilities currently are not in alignment with what the goal is. And this can be hard to determine, but it's really important to be honest here. However, where this can be deployed is in an instance where you know, you're know you just having an off day. It, that's really where you could deploy this again. So if you quit in the middle of having an off day with the target idea of, hey, you know what, I'm going to quit today because I want to actually give this another solid goal in a couple of weeks when I might be feeling better, that might be an example of when to deploy kill criteria. It's also important to work backwards from the actual goal outcome, which may or may not be what the athlete perceives it to be. So it may or may not be something such as a finishing of an event or a specific goal finish time. While athletes might think that these are actually their goals, their true goals may actually be to remain healthy beyond the event itself and into the future so that they can continue training and continue making progress towards their goals. So therefore, anything that happens during the workout or race that challenges this ability to be healthy beyond that particular day could need to result in kill criteria that establish when to quit en route on that single day. So for instance, if you're doing a workout or you're doing a race and you're in danger of actually becoming injured or having some kind of medical complication that extends beyond that day, that may be a time to deploy kill criteria because your actual goal in almost all circumstances if you really think about it is to stay healthy so you can keep doing this over the long haul. It's not always about one specific day, whether it's a workout or a race. Can I make it to the top and Can I then make it back down to the bottom? This is the question the mountaineers need to ask themselves when they are summiting a mountain. It is this question that provides the framework for the kill criteria that is developed in those situations, like what we talked about earlier with summiting Mount Everest. If the answer is no then the mountaineer must turn around, which means that they do not meet their goal. So in the example from earlier, where we talked about how on Mount Everest, kill criteria is established that if mountaineers don't reach the summit by 2 p.m. local time, they must turn around. If they have to turn around before they reach the summit, they have not met their goal. Their goal was to summit Mount Everest. But this kill criteria provides this framework that gives them the ability to ask this question when they are not right in the moment and they're not emotionally invested. We're not good at decision-making when we're really emotionally invested and we're in the middle of something. So by establishing this ahead of time, Mountaineers are giving themselves tools to make sure that they keep what's most important in the forefront of their minds. So in the example of Mountaineers, living to climb another day is what's most important, even if it means not hitting the goal on a particular day. This question and the decision-making process associated with it represents an incredibly significant acknowledgement that something is more important than the check in the box, aka the summit. For a mountaineer, turning around within sight of or in reach of the summit fails to meet the goal that they have poured thousands of hours of preparation and tens of thousands, if not more, of dollars into. It is an excruciatingly difficult choice to make. I actually know somebody who's made this choice. One of the athletes I work with made it to the Hillary Step of Mount Everest at 2 p.m. The Hillary Step was destroyed by earthquake in 2015, but when it existed, the Hillary Step was 200 feet short of the summit. So this athlete got to 200 feet away from the summit of Mount Everest and turned around. Think about it. If you were within sight of your finish line, the finish line of a race, and you were faced with a situation where you were potentially causing injury to yourself or potentially by continuing could cause a problem, would you choose, could you choose to quit? I can tell you folks from experience that the answer to this question is a resounding no for almost all endurance athletes. And this is especially true for age group athletes. I have been at races where I watched athletes pass out within sight of the finish line. I've actually also seen an athlete go into full cardiac arrest. This means that the athlete died within sight of a finish line. I also was part of the team that attempted to revive that person, but I saw them go into full cardiac arrest. I've also heard countless tales of how athletes were tough and they persevered through pain just to see themselves across a finish line. So yes, I can say with a very high degree of certainty that most endurance athletes would not choose to quit, even if it was, in fact, the wisest choice. As crazy as it might sound when I'm saying this out loud, given the choice between quitting and an injury or a medical situation, age group athletes almost always Choose the injury or medical situation over quitting. Here is what is so harmful and deceptive about this. Age group athletes don't see or truly acknowledge that this, choosing injury or medical complications, is actually the choice that they're making. They are not saying to themselves, I have two choices, finish or attempt to finish with an injury and medical complications, or I can stop and abate the injury or medical complications. They are not saying to themselves, In order to finish, I am going to be injured and unable to do what I love to do for at least four to six weeks after this, and this finish is worth that sacrifice to me. Instead, what they do is frame the choice as an all or nothing, because anything other than crossing the finish line, no matter what condition they cross the finish line in, is considered a failure. That being said, finish lines are arbitrary. The finish line of a 5K is considered success if the event is a 5K, but finishing a 5K as part of a half marathon, is not considered a success because we didn't cross the finish line of 13.1 miles. We only crossed five kilometers. So remember this, folks. Finish lines are arbitrary. They morph, they change, and they only have the significance that you place on them. Elite and professional athletes tend to be better at this than age group athletes. They will withdraw from a race, either in advance of the race or mid-race, If they see that it's not their day or if the cost of the finish is going to be too high, elite and professional athletes are able to accurately assess the cost benefit and realize when finishing could be done, but when it would also come at too high of a cost. So in essence, they're able to say, hey, yeah, I could finish, but doing so, it's too much. It's not worth it. For them, it's as much of a business decision as it is a personal one. If elite or professional athletes get injured and they are unable to train, race, and perform, they will not get paid. That being said, money is not their only motivating factor. The reason that elite and professional athletes rose to that level in endurance sports in the first place is that they acquired a certain amount of wisdom and maturity that enabled them to rise that far. In other words, the fact that they learn when it's appropriate and best to quit is what enables them to reach higher levels of performance. Age group athletes can learn a lot from these behaviors. In endurance sports, it's true that the stakes are not life and death the same as they are in mountaineering. That being said, we often demonize bailing on or failing a workout quitting a race that we've started or changing our goals. So the lessons from the Mountaineers can be translated to endurance sports. What the Mountaineers think about failure and quitting is really important and significant, and it's appropriate to translate that to endurance sports. Because the reality is that endurance sports is actually more like the example set forth by the Mountaineers. There are so many moments when we need to put our egos aside and say, no matter how much I might wish that this was different, It's just not my day. And some examples of that are if there's a logical reason for quitting, if there's a real potential for an injury, or honestly, if you're under the weather and doing the workout or race is going to dig you into a hole that will set you further back more than it will propel you forward towards your long-term goals. Like everything, there's balance here, folks. This isn't a blanket blessing for quitting in all circumstances because the answer is not always to quit. However, because people choose quitting so infrequently, that's why I'm advocating for it here, is to at least think about it and possibly think about it differently. Because we can learn from mountaineers about how to make the wise decision in the moment. And sometimes that wise decision is to quit. We really need to reframe our thinking about quitting and failure as a culture But until that larger change happens, change is left up to us as individuals. If you can accept the truth that failing and quitting are part of being an endurance athlete, your long-term strategy and effectiveness at achieving the goals you set for yourself will be significantly enhanced. Embrace this. See failure and quitting for the great teachers that they are and allow them to help propel you to great success. That was another episode of the Full Circle Podcast. Subscribe to the Full Circle Podcast wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. If you like what you listen to, please be sure to leave us a rating and review as this goes a long way in helping us reach others. The thoughts and opinions expressed on the Full Circle Podcast are those of the individual. As always, we love to hear from you and we value your feedback please send us an email at podcast at fullcircleendurance.com or visit us at fullcircleendurance.com backslash podcast. To find training plans, see what other coaching services we offer or to join our community, please visit fullcircleendurance.com. I'm Coach Laura Henry. Thanks for listening.